Dollars and Cents with Hapo Community Credit Union helps empower our listeners to achieve financial success while living for today and planning for tomorrow. This podcast focuses on financial education, community support, fraud prevention, real-life stories of financial transformation, and much more. Hapo Community Credit Union serves Washington and Oregon with over 18 locations. Bank on more when you bank with us. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Cents, Hapo Community Credit Union's podcast focusing on financial literacy. Uh, today in the studio, I have Jeremy O'Neill with us. Uh, he is the Vice President of Marketing at Hapo Community Credit Union and uh, has a unique focus uh, that he wants to talk about today in technology and how that impacts financial institutions and banking. Jeremy, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So we've been chatting before we got started about uh, the history of, of HAPO and financial institutions and how it used to be that you would get paid via a check. You would go stand in line with everybody else on a Friday at the bank, wait for your turn to go up to a teller, have them uh, sign the check and, and endorse it and get it deposited and have access. And that's how people originally did their banking. And today, uh, without a doubt, things are a lot different. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I think we still see, you know, on those paydays during a month, there are longer lines in the drive through and, and in branch, but not to the degree we've seen in the past, just because there are so many more options now to do your banking digitally. Yeah. I mean, just the advent of direct deposit. Uh, just which isn't really a, a major thing. It's just you know the employer sending sending your paycheck to your financial institution on your behalf has cut down on the number of people that are in lines at banks, the number of people that are spending that additional half hour or hour of their time uh, in lines at financial institutions to deposit their paychecks. Yeah, definitely. I mean that's been around now for a while. Um, and so it, it makes it much easier for members to just not have to worry so much about standing in lines or navigating, you know, the busy branches that you once saw um, because those paychecks are being deposited automatically um, through direct deposit. But one thing that's interesting, too, is in recent years, they've added remote deposit capture. So now even those that you know, are collecting checks in the case where they might be a small business owner and they're getting checks um, for invoices, uh, you know, they're able to either deposit that into an ATM versus go in and stand in line at a branch, or they can literally capture it on their phone using a mobile app where they just take a picture of the front and back of the check, uh, they endorse it, and then they wait 24 to 48 hours for that check to, to become available to them in their account, which is made it really nice and convenient for people rather than having to navigate, uh, you know, a brick and mortar building per se. Of course. And, and those mobile apps have become a major factor in almost all parts of life. So it's not shocking to hear that uh, they've come into the digital world uh, of financial institutions as well. Do we find that there is a particular adoption of the, the digital role of banking amongst different groups of people? Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, different groups or different generations are going to use that technology differently. Um, you know, you've got Gen Z, boomers, Gen X, millennials, 
all of them have a slightly different take on how they want to do their banking. I mean, you have Gen Z, you know, the younger generation here who have only known technology their entire life. And, you know, they're using things like a digital wallet uh, with their credit cards on their phone to do a tap and pay versus even handing a credit card or debit card to a cashier. Have we seen the the a trend out there? I know that there was one for a while of asking uh, younger folks to use a rotary dial phone. Have we seen one where we've asked them to balance a checkbook using a checkbook register? <laughs> No, no, I, I think you'd get a lot of blank stares if we asked them about, a, you know, a checkbook or, or a registry and, and keeping their balance that way. I think right now it's just spend and then log into the mobile app and check your balance and, you know, do it that way. I know with a lot of mine, uh, the purchases are immediately sent as notifications on my phone. Like I'll be standing in line, swipe my debit card at a thing and I'll, my phone will immediately buzz in my pocket to say, hey, you just spent this much money at this location. So there's really not even a whole lot of waiting for a lot of those. By the time that transaction goes through, it's already registering on your digital devices. Right. Yeah, I've got that going on my card as well. So, and sometimes, you know, you right there you're checking out and, you know, I look down at my phone thinking, "Oh, did my wife just text me something that I forgot at the store?" But it turns out it was just the notification that my charge had gone through, which you know, one thing that's nice about that is for one, you're getting notified, you know, that you've made this expense, which means fraud becomes something that you can track more readily. Uh, when these alerts happen and you have them set up, you're protected more when your card, you know, if you have a lost or stolen card, you would know when someone's using it because you get that alert and can say, oh, that's not me. Um, who made that charge? Because I know it wasn't me, but I just got notified that a charge has been made. Yeah, sitting at your desk at work, and all of a sudden you get notified that you've just spent $45 on gas at a gas station in New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, no, no, I did not. Yeah. Uh, let me let me call my financial institution right then and there and, and nip this before they decide to go buy a couple of TVs yeah. or something else. Exactly. Are people still doing financial transactions the old-fashioned way with cash, with checks, uh, yeah. bartering? R yeah, <laughs> bartering, old-school <laughs> trade, horse trading. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting uh, that we still see a fair number of our membership here at Hapo ordering checks. So we know checks are getting used. Uh, I was also looking up some stats the other day on... Uh, a site, Veracast, they, they had some different stats on, on the millennial generation and 80% still use cash um, and 64% carry cash most of the time. So, you know, you think, oh, everyone's just using plastic, you know, um, because it's easy, convenient. Um, but there's still a, a large percentage that are using cash and check to do, you know, to do their spending. Now, I know that there are some other ones that are... Um like your Venmo and your digital wallets, your other digital wallets where people are using those. And of course, the the big boost in things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, but still regular cold hard cash is being used in a lot of different places. I know me personally, I like to use that when I go out to say a restaurant or a, a bar for tips or uh, paying for certain things that are within a certain range. It's, it's just for whatever reason, it feels more personal to me. Yeah. Yeah, there has been some discussions around, um, you know, around using cash and, and to your point, being more personal, you feel it more when it's cash. I've heard, 
Um, you know, I'm sure that's up to each individual. But when you hand a plastic card or tap your phone on a on a you know a point of sale, you may not feel that as much as the actual exchanging of currency in the same way. So I've seen it. At, you know, for spending habits, people talk about oh, you know, use cash and you'll spend less. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, I've heard some say that. I know that the the tapping of a of a fifteen or twenty or twenty five percent tip on a digital interface is a lot uh, is a lot easier. It's the same tapping one versus another <laughs> than than reaching into the wallet and pulling out and counting out a couple of bills and yeah. doing the math in your head. Uh, we talk about that personal touch, that feel of the money. Uh, do you think that the technologies that we're bringing on board are kind of killing? that personal touch? And what's the balance that uh, we try to strike in a financial institution between that personal touch and the embracing of technology? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because it it's one of those things that we're constantly looking at um, as we serve our membership is how can we get them the technology they need without also losing that human or personal touch that they also crave in many cases. Um, an example of that is, you know, artificial intelligence is becoming a huge piece of technology that's going out there. And I think that can be a very helpful technology tool, but also you got to be careful not to use it too much to where you're frustrating a member. If they call in or, or, or using your chat on the website and you you have a bot answer that, um, you want that bot to be able to help them, that AI be able to help them through their problem. But the second they really are like, hey, I need somebody, I need to talk to someone, you really want to get them to a, a person who's on the other line that can help them and walk them through their problem. So I think there's a fine line there. Don't have them constantly cycling through different menu options and yelling agent or human yeah. at, the, <laughs> at the recording. Yeah, we've all been on that phone call where you're trying to either say a certain term or press a certain button and all you want to do is get to a representative. I know I've hit zero like 12 times <laughs> in hopes that I would break the system to bounce to a person. Yep. Um, so the goal is to give them technology that will alleviate some of the burdens on our side as far as personnel when it's low-hanging fruit. Like, what are your hours? What's your routing number? Things like that we can serve up pretty easily through artificial intelligence. But we want to also be able to get them to a person to really help them when they need it. Yeah, when they have an actual question, like say they actually do have the uh, notification that somebody just bought gas with their card in New Jersey, uh, they probably want that comfort of being able to talk to an actual person on the phone and be like, hey, no, 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 I don't want your digital system. I want somebody to tell me that, don't worry, we've got this covered. We're on it right now. Yeah, yeah, and I think to your point, with, with it being somebody's money, there's, you know, there's a lot of passion that goes along with that. When they, when they need help, they want help. So we definitely want to serve that up to them and also give them technology for their convenience. Convenience, but not infringing or overly probing into their personal stuff. You mentioned that the money is very personal. People are passionate about this. One of the other things that we find in a digital world is that people's privacy is of peak importance to them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we in marketing here at HEPA, we've been, you know, creating journeys or creating campaigns or marketing that is targeted and personalized. And we say personalized because we want, you know, someone who's receiving a piece of marketing to feel like that's relevant to them, not just blanketing everyone with the same ad campaign. 
Um, the goal is to kind of know a little bit about them enough to send them something that we think is relevant to them. Um, but there's, there's that fine line in that area as well where you don't want to send them something that's too personal, you know. You don't want to dive into something that, you know, goes kind of beyond that, whoa, 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 back up a little bit. Kind of crossing that boundary to where, like, was Google listening to me say this earlier? <laughs> exactly. Like, I know I mentioned it next to my toaster, but how smart is that toaster? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, it's a balance of, hey, we want to get you stuff that, that makes sense to you, but we also don't want to step beyond that line of, you know, infringing on their privacy. Which sounds like you've done a decent amount of evaluating of technologies, which means you probably have a good view of what are the pros and cons as you weigh them when looking at new pieces of technology and how we go about applying those. Yeah, yeah. So when we're looking at technology, we're looking at ways to, you know, does this experience or this technology, um, is it convenient for our membership? Um, can it connect to different things and make their life easier? Um, is it secure? Does it protect these funds that they're obviously passionate about? I mean, this is their savings and their checking. That you mentioned direct deposit. Their money is going into account, and we want to keep that safe and secure. So when we look at technology, we need to vet these vendors and these platforms to make sure that that that, that money and those things are going to be safe for our membership. Um, you know, on the flip side, you know, with technology, I think we mentioned it can be less personal. So the goal is to be as personal as we can be, but also some some items come across with, you know, the technology that doesn't need that personal touch. You know, if you want to check a balance, you don't necessarily need to talk to a teller. You can just open your app and check that balance. Um, you know, and I think, you know, too, with technology, we talked about what is helpful versus what is frustrating, you know, uh, that artificial intelligence or bot um, you know, digital agent kind of a thing is, is one of those items where, where we want to be, you know, we don't want to frustrate the user. We want to get them what they need in a helpful way. Yeah. And I had a conversation, um, with, uh, Christina, uh, about mental health awareness, uh, on a previous episode, uh, where we talked about, um, meeting people where they live. Uh, which could very well be a difference of what people find to be frustrating versus helpful uh, conversations where uh, in this particular one, we talked about having conversations with people's kids to make sure that they work. And if that's a face-to-face conversation or texting, it might be more comfortable, which could lead into this same situation where maybe it is more comfortable for uh, certain people to work with a bot, to work with AI, and to have that option. And then there are other people who believe that all of these things are, are garbage and they need that personal touch and they want to live in line talking with somebody on the phone or handshake face-to-face mm-hmm. type of situation. So striking that balance to where you're not railroading people into one type of, of communication. Yeah, and I think, I think we've done a, a good job at advancing the credit union on our side to have more technology while also having things like a brick and mortar buildings for people to walk into and get that human touch where they want to interact with someone directly. We have video, one and two way video technology that allows people to log in and talk to someone on our side if they need to talk to that person and get that human touch that way. Um, But then we also have platforms like 
you mentioned our chat. There's a feedback form on our website. There's we send out emails and things like that. So we've got a gamut of different ways to communicate with our members using technology and in person. Um, and I think that gives all you know every member their preferred way of communicating you know some are going to be like i don't care what technology you have i feel better walking in and depositing my check in hand versus setting up direct deposit and and jumping on a chat tool i know i always prefer uh just being able to walk up to a teller say hi uh realize hey this is this is their job they're here they're waiting for me to come in so that i can do whatever transaction i've got and it's always a friendly encounter uh, coming in and seeing uh, those those tellers, the frontline staff as well. Um, but at the same time, I don't have all the time in the world to come in and, and say hi to everybody every time I need to make a transaction. So ATMs and uh, digital transfers and things like that are absolutely functional and, and helpful. Uh, question, do you have any new technologies that are on the horizon that people can start looking forward to? Yeah, we mentioned, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and a, and a bot, you know, a chat bot that could answer some low hanging fruit questions that is, you know, on the cusp of being released for us. We're in testing on that um, right now. Uh, your chat goes directly to an agent. But in order to free up our agents to to really provide help where more help is needed, We've, we've created a, a chat tool um, with some artificial intelligence that will answer some of the low-hanging fruit questions, ones that really don't need a human to answer. You know, And sometimes people, rather than Googling something, they just jump on and, hey, what are your hours? Well, we can send that back to them really quick with just an automated response that we've built in. Um, and then I think I mentioned two and one-way video. Uh, we've got that uh, look that's on the horizon for next year. We have some video solutions already, but we're looking to expand that, um, you know, in the future to potentially be right there on your mobile phone where you can be face to face with an agent. And if I'm not mistaken, involved in what's currently available is co-browsing. So if you're looking for something on the website and are having troubles finding it or navigating, you can actually get onto a co-browsing where a support technician is actually viewing your your web browser at the same time as you are. Yeah, and what's nice about that is is both cursors are then on the screen for our member or end user to see. So they can see their own cursor plus the cursor of the agent helping them. And, you know, that allows our, our customer service representatives to say, hey, just follow my mouse to the upper left corner of the screen, click this button here, and then scroll down here. And they can help guide the member through their experience without really doing it for them where the member's not learning. You know, they're able to learn and do at the same time. Yeah, oftentimes that barrier of communication, I know, I said I clicked on that, but no, you didn't. You clicked right next to the thing or at a different one. And it sounds like we're conveying the same concept, but we're not. As soon as you see what's happening on the screen, you're like, oh, that that's what you meant. Exactly, yeah. That visual is really, really helpful. Now, I know that technology doesn't always involve digital. Uh, our um, upgrades, uh, especially over the past couple of years in contactless with uh, debit cards, credit cards, being able to go from... Um, back in the old days, the embossed where you're actually sliding the, the rule to get a impression of the card on a uh, carbon copy all the way to the magnetic swipe. And now uh, the chip reader cards as well as uh, contactless. 
Yeah. Yeah. The contactless uh, cards are really nice um, because like you mentioned, it's not, it's not necessarily on your phone, although you can put that card in your digital wallet and use it that way. The card itself is, is contactless, meaning they can just tap that point of sale, um, you know, or hover above it and watch the four green lights light up and, you know, and ding knowing that you just transferred that digitally without, you know, without actually inserting or swiping a card. And of course, like you just said, the digital wallet as well, where you can do the exact same thing just with your phone over the top of a lot of those uh, POS point of sale systems. Exactly. Or, you know, in some cases that even connects to your watch. So, you know, I know for me personally, the digital wallet has been nice um, because of the fact that, you know, there has been a time where I left my wallet in my car, you know, and I'm in the store and I'm checking out and they have Apple Pay or, you know, a dig, you know, digital way of paying through contactless. And because I have that card in my wallet, I'm able to just pull my phone out and make that payment. <laughs> Convenience all around. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, thank you for joining us today. This has been another episode of Dollars and Cents, Hapo Community Credit Union's Financial Literacy Podcast. Until next time, have a great day.